Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything didn't move. I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast. Play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and we are talking Madden football as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 177. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where this week I'm catching up with Anthony White, who is a game designer for EA Sports, working specifically with the Madden NFL franchise. And we're going to talk with Anthony all about the creation of playbooks and what teams call which plays in the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a conversation I've been looking forward to having, honestly, for the last couple of years that Anthony and I have followed each other on Twitter. So getting a chance to chat with him today, is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go into the process of building out all the different playbooks for the game, how they decide which team gets which plays in their playbook, and all the research that goes into it. A ton of work in the pre-planning process of that game. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into my chat now with Anthony White. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. I'm really excited to welcome in our guest for Chalk Talk this week, and that's EA Sports game designer Anthony White, who works with the Madden NFL franchise, like I said earlier. Uh, Anthony, I want to introduce you the right way, and I feel like there's no better way than to say, for all of our listeners out there that play Madden, if if you want someone to complain to about your ratings for your favorite player... Just hit up Anthony on Twitter, and you can fi- find someone else to complain about rather than the uh, the Madden Twitter handle. Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how you doing, friend? <laughs> great to be on. No, it's uh, it's great. And I, I, honestly, you and I have followed each other on Twitter for the last couple of years, and I've always thought you would be such a fun guest to bring onto the show and just talk about your process. And I feel like I kind of have an idea of what your role is with the company and with the game, but let's just start there. Give us, give us a picture of what your job is and what your role is and, and how you got there and things of that nature. Give us an idea uh, of what you do for EA Sports. Sure. Uh, well, first off, um, you know, I'm the... Uh, guy that's um, sort of known as um, our um, playbook um, designer. So essentially, you know, if you played the Madden game um, during the last uh, uh, 14 years since I've been there, chances are, you know, uh, many of the plays that you see, offense, defense, special teams, I'm the one that, uh, um, you know, created those plays. And uh, not only is it about just creating the plays, but there's a lot that goes into it, uh, you know, with um, – um, AI for our characters, uh, you know, on offense, defense, because, you know, we put a play in on either side of the ball, but we need the uh, AI to be able to properly execute that um, particular play, and we need the uh, other side of the ball to be able to act accordingly. So a lot of that entails, you know, coming up with uh, designs, um, you know, and a lot of those designs, um, think of an architect, you know, when you're building together a blueprint for a home. Well, you know, that's sort of what I'm doing. I'm designing out, you know, the play, how it's going to work, the AI, working with our uh, engineering team, you know, to make sure that we have all of the uh, elements from a logic standpoint in place to make that play work. And then also working with our animation team so that we can um, get the characters in the game to mimic um, the uh, techniques and the actions that you see within the play. 
and then we get uh, that tested and, uh, you know, we move on to the next one. So that sort of uh, encompasses, you know, in a, uh, what I um, do at EA, among other things, but that's my primary role. So you said you've been there for, for 14 years. How did you first get in the door there? Well, you know, uh, oddly enough, um, you know, today, you know, now in this day and age, you know, people can go to uh, school and, you know, get degrees and advanced graduate level degrees, you know, in game design, game um, um, production, you know, and different things of that nature. But how I got started, actually, um, it was like the early um, 90s, actually late 90s, if you will, um, one of my friends um, was a blogger, and he was basically devoting his blog to Madden. Now, this is when blogging was still sort of a you know newer thing, newer trend in those days. Um, and through him, um, he actually started um, you know, getting the attention of people at EA. And um, basically, through that connection, you know, um, I started working with him on in terms of working on writing articles for his blog, like strategies and you know how you can actually incorporate real life principles into your Madden play. Well, fast forward a couple of years later, um, I um, became a member of the uh, what's now called the uh, Game Changers program, but it, back in the day, it was called the EA Community Leaders Program, and that was run totally out of our corporate offices out in. Um, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, one evening, I was actually writing an um, uh, article for EASports.com on the Indianapolis Colts stretch run game. Uh, this is when they had, you know, Edgerton James, you know, Rod, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, um, Reggie Wayne, um, Marvin Harrison, that whole crew. Well, I'm looking at the game and I'm noticing, you know, some things that just that I felt that needed some, you know, improvement to really, you know, mimic what a what the true post stretch game, um, you know, entailed. So I actually wrote a letter to my contact out at um, in the Bay Area, and he in turn sent it to the people here at the studio down here in Florida, and um, they reached out to me. Um, we talked on the phone um, with some of the producers. Um, game at that time. Um, uh, apparently, I obviously impressed upon them that I was someone who was worth uh, continuing um, having conversations with, and then they um, invited me down for uh, an interview, um, which was in the fall of 2004. And uh, even if I didn't get the job, I was just thrilled, you know, just to be, um, just to have the opportunity to come down here and uh, be able to talk to those guys, because, you know, I, I was familiar with them, I read um, about them in various gaming magazines and um, eight-hour interview process with the entire design team, much like what a coach would probably go through interview with a team like the Eagles coaching staff. If you will. Uh, we touched on all facets of um, game, design, ideas, you name it. And um, basically about a couple of weeks later, um, they extended an offer, and then um, January '05, I started and uh, been here ever since. As a matter of fact, the first Madden game I actually ever worked on was the Madden 06 game, and that was the one with Donovan McNabb on the cover. Um, and, you know, obviously, Eagles fans will probably be familiar with that one, and that's the one that um, introduced the vision cone that year. So that was actually. 
Madden game that I worked on. And, uh, obviously, there's the Eagles connection there. Sure. So now that we know how you got your foot in the door there, you mentioned you know you you wrote about you know the things just about the uh, the stretch run game with the Colts and things like that. How did how did you expand and further just kind of grow your base of knowledge about the game? You know, obviously, you know you're so heavily involved with everything surrounding that franchise uh, from an X and O standpoint. How did you continue to build that knowledge base? Well, that actually um, stems back to you know all the way back go all the way back to um, high school days. Um, you know, I didn't play beyond uh, the high school level, but even then. Um, you know, I always kind of thought about football from a, a strategical, a tactical standpoint. You know, we'd be in practice, and I would be thinking to myself, wow, if we could just move this guy from safety to outside backer and outfire three, I think he can. <laughs> and, you know, I would have conversations with my coaches um, about things of that nature. But as the years went on, um, you know, just that um, thirst for knowledge and um um, understanding about various techniques. You know, I would actually go and attend coaching clinics. Um, I actually got into a little bit of youth coaching, and that really actually helped me expand because obviously you're dealing with uh, younger um, kids who are playing football. You know, you really need to be uh, grounded and fundamental. Um, you know, make sure, A, that they're um, using the proper uh, techniques among those, but two, from a safety standpoint, because, you know, you parents are trusting their kids to play um, and, you know, trusting you to uh, make sure that you have their best interest um, in mind when you're uh, coaching um, various techniques and fundamentals. So that actually, um, like most coaches, you know, you go out and you try to learn as much as you can. Um, you're constantly um, trying to, you know, improve and, you know, um, go to clinics, talk to coaches, and which all, it goes all the way to today. Um, we actually bring in coaches to our studio uh, to talk to us about a certain um, trend or a certain technique or, um, or whatever that's going on in the league. Um, you know, I actually have a, a, a list of coaches that I trust that I can uh, actually um, call at a moment's notice and get info on a certain thing that um, I may not be um, totally up to speed on. But uh, it's a never-ending process, and it's fun, though, and I, it's something that I truly thoroughly enjoy, you know, just expanding that knowledge um, in all levels of the game. Uh, even now, I still will look at high school um, football, college football, and obviously uh, NFL. Do you get coaches now that you deal with that say, yeah, you know, like when I was younger, I, I played the game, I played Madden? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we had a coach here about um, – Ago, and he was uh, he is very knowledgeable not only about um, the game of Madden, but he actually uh, talked to us about how he uses the Madden game almost sort of like a, a, a virtual trainer, if you will, hmm. uh, you know, for training quarterbacks. Because you know, uh, he mentioned to us a lot of the things that we've added over the years. It allows him to create an environment where he can actually, um, you know take it to another level, if you will, by using real-life rules and real-life concepts to show his quarterback, say, well, this is, when you, this is what you do when you see this book, or this is where you go with this particular progression. So not only he told us that he did that with uh, a lot of his players, you know, and actually um, 
one of his players was a, a former uh, OC in the uh, NFL. So, um, and then of course, you know, we talked to a lot of coaches on a, um, I talked to a lot of coaches on a regular basis, especially some of the younger coaches. Uh, you know, they grew up playing the Madden game and, uh, you know, we had coaches, um, active coaches right now from various teams who've actually sent us very good detailed feedback on features they'd like to see in the game. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, actually, uh, pretty cool to talk to coaches who are fans of the game, but who also have an interest in seeing and, uh, helping the game grow, evolve, and improve. Sure. I, I only asked that because I know for me and for so many of our listeners, I got to think that when growing up, that game helped them become bigger fans. You know, I, I liked football when I was like a little kid. Um, you know, I loved other sports as well. But uh, really, when I started playing in Madden, that was what really kind of elevated uh, my love for the game and my thirst for knowledge for the game and wanting to learn more, you know, playing in franchise mode and, uh, you know, helping creating plays. You mentioned earlier, you know, being in class. I remember sitting in Mr. Moreland's social studies class in like 10th grade, 9th grade, and drawing up plays because in Madden, they, their first year, they allowed you to create your own playbook uh, coming up with plays. And Mr. Moreland, probably not listening to this podcast, I believe he was a Washington Redskins fan, but uh, if you are listening for some reason, sorry, Mr. Moreland, I wasn't really paying attention too much but um it's it's i got to think that with all these young coaches now coming up uh in the game at every level so many of them have to have that background playing the game and, and to me that's uh, that's fascinating so let, let's get it out into into your process and there's kind of two ends of this that i want to get into you with there's got to be obviously the development going into the new release of a game, but then also the upkeep because there's so many you know the, the new releases and things like that and the, the updated uh, rosters and playbooks as the season's going on. And I actually want to start there and we'll kind of work our way backwards. You're very very active uh, on social media in the fall. And I know you've retweeted, um, you know, so I'll post shots for, for Eagle Eye columns, uh, and you'll quote tweet and say, hey, yeah, we, we added this play uh, you know, to the Eagles playbook three weeks ago because of how often they ran it uh, in the first half of the season. To me, like that, that is so fascinating. So just take us through what a typical week is like for you in season and how often you guys do the updates for, and things like that to change things in a team's playbook in season. Well, uh, last season was, yeah, First off, last season was the um, first um, year that we've actually um, started the process of updating the playbooks um, throughout the season. And this year, we're really going to expand on that for Madden 20. But um, to give you an idea of what my uh, um, workday or schedule is like during season, uh, we're generally in what we call production at that point in, in time. So in terms of the NFL, I'm literally, I get to the office every morning about 6 a.m., and, you know, one of the first things I start doing is um, just watching film because um, even though I may see a cool play, and it depends on the play that I see on Sunday uh, or Monday night, when I watch the film, A, the first question I ask myself, well, first off, it's a pretty cool play, but <laughs> A, do we have the um, AI in place needed to execute that particular play? If we have the AI, B, do we have the animation um, in place? are ready to um, create that play. Is, if not, is this something that we can easily get? Or, you know, do we have to, you know, uh, special case and try to create something with our animators? Or do we have to go in and mocap it? Uh, and then if we have all of those pieces in place, then it's pretty easy and simple for me uh, to go ahead and put the play in the game. Um, regardless if it's a defensive uh, play, 
most of the time it's offensive um, because that's where, you know, uh, that's more noticeable to uh, most Madden fans, if you will. Uh, but that's generally the process. Uh, we get the film um, every Tuesday uh, morning. And then basically, you know, once we get it uh, uploaded and, and uh, you know, we get it all synced up and everything ready to go, um, that's when my process starts um, in earnest. And we also have access to other um, tools and resources that really help in that um, process in terms of breaking teams down, in terms of being able to generate cut-ups, um, you know, look at tendencies, both formationally, personnel, uh, you know, break it down to a very, very granular level in terms of the types of things we're looking for. Some of the things may be we have to sort of put uh, in the um, – say, before the next year-ship game, if you will. So, for example, if it's something cool that I'm going to be seeing in the, this 2019 NFL season, uh, well, I can either, A, if it's something that I can put into the Madden 20 game once it's released, um, I will go ahead and do that. If not, I'll actually, you know, okay, well, this is something that's going to require a little bit more time, a little bit more um, um, of a efforts on our part. So we'll push this off to Madden 21. And then that's sort of uh, how that process goes. But but for the most part, though, uh, I spend a lot of my day literally, uh, you know, just um, breaking down film, um, you know, making cut-ups, um, talking with our animators, um, you know, talking with the other designers, um, going over concepts like, okay, well, this is what this thing is um, here. Um, this is how this would work in our game. And then if it's something new or something that I'm not totally um, – familiar with, that's when I'll um, reach out to some of my coaches, uh, my coach contacts, both active coaches and also, too, uh, a lot of us uh, get a lot of great info from coaches who, former NFL coaches who aren't actively coaching sure. at the moment. Um, so those guys are really great um, because they actually, people don't realize that they, they're obviously pretty in tune with what's going on in, in the league and they provide a lot of good, useful info. So that kind of gives summarizes my day of during the season, which is um, my favorite part of the development cycle. So obviously, there's going to be continuity when there, when there's a coaching staff that stays from one season to the next. You know, Doug Peterson now uh, entering year four, so you you have the same base of plays going from we'll say Madden 19 to Madden 20. I want to ask you though about the other side of the coin when there's a new coaching staff and maybe a coach that you know hasn't been a coordinator before or hasn't been a head coach before, and now it's time to kind of incorporate their playbook. What is that process like for trying to pick from uh, what you know the basically what plays are going to constitute uh, the the options now for fans when they go to play the game? Yeah, and that's actually something that um, uh, we actually. Um, not only with me with the playbooks world, but also two hours that has an impact on our franchise mode as well and other elements of our game because you know obviously we have uh, an agreement with uh, the uh, various coaches, uh, the NFL and the coaches uh, be in the game. So when it comes to actually their playbook, uh, I, I do a lot of research on terms of you know that coach's background, where he's been in the past who he's worked for, what systems he's been exposed to. And then I try to sort of, uh, you know, and maybe anticipate, you know, well, what their particular um, offensive playbook uh, would look like. Uh, a good example of that, a really interesting example, uh, when Chip Kelly became coach of the Eagles, uh, you know, prior to the um, 
2013 season. Well, we were at that time we were still making our college football game, NCAA football. So we actually had a a, a pretty good handle on Oregon's playbook in that uh, our NCAA football game. So you know the thought was okay, well we'll just um, put this into the Eagles playbook. But then um, Chip Kelly, I believe uh, Pat Sherman, who's now the head coach of the Giants, was his first offensive coordinator. So you know that kind of we kind of start we kind of step back for a minute and start to think, okay, well, he's a, a spread offense, you know, fun and gun, you know, high tempo, all these cool things, read option. But then, you know, Pat Shermer's more of a traditional uh, West West Coast offense, pro style. So do we blend those two together or do we err on the side of, okay, well, Chip Kelly's an offensive head coach. We'll just put his, thing, his stuff in. So we decided to go with, um, you know, more of the spread elements that um, – Chip Kelly had ran in college. And then a, a funny story, when we, we go out and visit Coach Madden uh, every year. I don't think people realize he actually is uh, not on a daily-day basis in terms of uh, you know, dictating what we do in terms of uh, workloads and such, but he is actually actively involved with the game. So, And I personally get to go out there and meet with him and show him, and he and I will have long conversations about X and O's. He wanted to see that Chip Kelly playbook. <laughs> so I loaded it up in the game. And I don't know if Coach Madden thought we had the wishbone in there or something or, or what, but he really wanted to see it because he had always told us the league was a shotgun league. So we started thumbing through it. And I was like, yeah, Coach, well, you know, this formation they ran in Oregon, this, 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 and this. And, uh, yeah, so that's something that we really try to um, pay a lot of attention to. Same thing when Coach Peterson um, took over for the Eagles. Well, I spent a lot of time looking at Kansas City's um, um, offense, and, you know, I used that sort of as the base. And we try to differentiate it a little bit so it's not exactly the same as the previous team because, uh, you know, a lot of our users may not understand why we do that because even to now we'll get people say, hey, well, um, just last week um, someone's like, hey, well, the Dolphins' playbook is the exact same playbook as the Patriots right now. Well, yeah, it's because the head coach came there and the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, he's the receivers coach for the uh, Patriots last year. So we have to start somewhere as a base. Same thing with Denver. Um, and same thing with Cincinnati with uh, Zach Taylor coming in um, off, you know, off Sean McVay's staff with the Rams. So it's a process that we really uh, focus on quite heavily you know, to try to get that accuracy and authenticity. So you mentioned it was, it's funny you talk about you know Chip Kelly and going from college to the NFL. I wanted to ask you about Cliff Kingsbury going from Texas Tech to the Arizona Cardinals. You add in a guy like Kyler Murray uh, coming from Oklahoma. You know similar kind of coaching tree, similar philosophy. To me, like that that is just going to be fascinating. Just see, okay, like what are they cooking up now uh, for the Arizona Cardinals when the when Madden twenty yeah. comes out? Because you know so many of the air raid concepts are prevalent throughout the NFL already. So are you kind of taking a little bit of the ones that you know are already prevalent, going back to Texas Tech, meshing it all together, maybe even mixing a little Oklahoma in there as well, or is it mostly Texas Tech? It's um, a little bit of both, but it's mostly Texas Tech. As a matter of fact, uh, before we hopped on this call, that's why I've been um, I've been watching Texas Tech film for the last um, day or so, just breaking it down, you know, all their formations, um, you know, all their personnel groups. Uh, looking at the things that, first and foremost, that I think that would really translate uh, well to the NFL. And like you said, a lot of the core passing concepts, 
are being run in the NFL. But the thing that really surprised me was, uh, at least last year, the 2018 film that I have, uh, you know, is the run game. Um, you know, a lot of the counter GT stuff, um, you know, a lot of the uh, outside zone stuff. So they were, Cliff Kingsbury, he had a pretty um, a broad run game um, last year um, at Texas Tech. And then also, too, I looked at, I'm going to be looking at a lot of Oklahoma film, obviously, um, to kind of get a gauge on some of the things that Kyler Murray did well. And, and like you said, since they're coming from uh, similar coaching trees, um, obviously Lincoln Riley, the head coach at Oklahoma, coached under Mike Leach and Cliff Kingsbury, you know, the coach for the Cardinals. He obviously played under Mike Leach. But obviously, you know, those offenses, they sort of, uh, while they keep a lot of the core basic uh, area principles, they sort of, you know, evolved each in their own way uh, over the years. And, you know, they coaches had this twist to it. So I'm trying to encapsulate a lot of those ideas. And um, and so far, uh, you know, it's been keeping me on my toes. Uh, you know, and I think um, when we release the game, we'll have a, a playbook that's um, representative of at least our initial take on what the Cardinals' offense may look like. Now, the great thing about what I mentioned earlier about being able to update the playbooks um, on a much higher cadence throughout the year. Uh, that's one of our goals for a Madden 20 product. So starting with the first preseason game um, up until um, week one, we'll definitely be paying attention to what, they, what they're doing, and then especially as the season goes on. But it is a fun offense to watch, though, by the way. Uh, definitely different from the uh, traditional NFL stuff that I'm usually watching. Oh, no, no question. It's going to be fascinating just to see, you know, what the what that pairing is like and uh, what they decide to do. It's going to be very, very fun to watch that team. Uh, let me ask you this question. I know I know we can't get into, you know, some of the confidential stuff, the, the things that haven't been announced yet by EA Sports, but what are some of the new wrinkles that you can share, things that are going to be new about yeah. the game this year that uh, you're excited to see for Madden 20? Well, some of the things we can share, and we've obviously and we've already released this info. Um, you know, the fact that we're adding RPOs uh, to Madden 20, and I can um, tell you, um, obviously, because I'm the product owner on that particular project, um, the RPOs that was heavily influenced by the Eagles um, winning the Super Bowl. And the thing about the plays, uh, those types of concepts, um, you know, it's not necessarily fact that we didn't want to do it or, you know, um, we couldn't do it, but plays of that um, nature, they take time from a design standpoint, you know, uh, AI standpoint, animation standpoint, all of those things that we talked about earlier. So we don't really want to rush something out the door that falls way short of um, user uh, expectations. So, you know, obviously, you know, um, we have to take our time and make sure that we got it right, but I'm truly excited about it. And some of the focus groups that we've um, had in already and uh, pretty much everyone in the building here, um, you know, is excited about the RPOs. And, you know, they think that just the way it's transformed, definitely college football, but even now the NFL, because you'll look up and every team will use some type of uh, RPO in their offense, some more than others, obviously. But it's changed the way people, we think, will play the game. Uh, definitely changed the way that I play the game. I can't even pick up Madden 19, a previous Madden, anymore because of that whole element. And, of course, uh, you know, a lot of the ones that we get, I've obviously watched. I think I've watched every Eagle RPO cut up, um, not only for the 2018 season, but uh, 2017 as well. 
just to sort of get a feel for the types of things they're doing. Um, you know, the Eagles, not only them, but the Cheeks. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, another big team that yep. that majors in that. Obviously, um, you know, we got a connection there with the Eagles staff. Um, but it's something that we are really excited about. And then the other thing, too, um, with the way that we're doing our um, animation technology, you know, we talked about, you know, when we look at a play to add to the game, do we have correct animations and AI to go with it? Uh, a play that I think Eagles fans would be uh, interested in is we actually have the Philly special. Uh, that's actually uh, up and running um, in Madden 20. The interesting thing about the Philly special uh, play, well, you know, it's such a unique play, and it's such a it has all these elements that are very well known. That when you see all of those actions taking place to the quarterback, the way he lines up in the uh, gun or the pistol formation, if you will, he walks up to the line of scrimmage, taps the uh, tackle on the backside, and then the ball gets snapped, and then the reverse in the throw. All of that's uh, recreated in the game. But then, we, you know, me and my uh, engineer and my animator, we were sitting back and we were thinking, well, you know, every time you play, it's cool, but every time you do that, you'll know that that's that play. So we actually created our own couple fake versions of that play because <laughs> that's the other thing that we that's a little bit different in the video game world. Sometimes, you know, you'll see a play on film uh, out of a formation and a team will use that on a, on a fairly consistent basis. Well, they may only show a couple things, so we obviously can put those plays in, but we have to sort of start to take some creative liberties, if you will, to sort of think about, okay, well, they ran this deal here, but they probably have some type of other thing off of that. Even though they didn't show it on film, or they may not have it at all, I I don't know. Well, we have to sort of uh, take that into consideration in in the Madden game because, you know, if you're, you're Fran, for example, if you're playing um, Pete, um, I believe um, if you guys are sitting on the couch and you call that play and he sees all that action, oh, okay, yeah, I know you're running Philly Special. But if he sees that same action and then, oh, it's a fake Philly Special or something <laughs> like that, well, that sort of uh, keeps you, keeps him on his toes. So that's something that in the Madden world that we have to actually also take into consideration. And I'm doing a lot of that right now with the Texas Tech uh, playbook. Well, it's not Texas Tech, it's the uh, the Arizona Cardinals playbook studying Texas Tech film because they did a lot of interesting things. A lot of teams did, actually. So, so real quickly, it it will be called Philly Special. Like, I'll be able to call Philly Special I get down on the goal line? Actually, you know, a funny story, yes. And that's and that's the way <laughs> the uh, anime name Philly uh, in the um, formation, uh, the formation is called. It's under the pistol formation, but the set is called Philly. And then when you look at the play, it's called Philly Special, and the other play is called Fake Philly Special. Nice. Now, the funny thing about it, um, I was actually asking my boss, who's uh, a former NFL offensive lineman, uh, I was like, hey, well, uh, you know, a couple other teams ran this. A couple copycats popped up in the league last year. I know week 17, I'm not sure if it was Philly special week that week, but the Dolphins ran it. I think the Falcons ran it. So I was like, hey, well, what do we call it? Do we call it Miami special? Do we call it, uh, I know if the Browns ran it, do we call it Cleveland special in their playbook? So we're actually just going to leave it Philly. <laughs> Even put it in the team's playbook. So my last question for you, because that's phenomenal, yeah. is going back to the RPOs, can you take us through, and I don't know how deep you can get into it, but can you take us through, what is that execution like in the game? What is the user experience like for the player when they're executing an RPO? Because I, I find that to be fascinating. Do you have, like, 
first level, second level, third level RPOs where they're reading DBs and linebackers or D linemen, or uh, is it what, how how deep do you get into the weeds there? Yeah, we we um, have all we have all of it. Um, That's awesome. The and obviously we have some um, news coming out on this. Um, we have a, a stream coming out May twenty fourth, I believe. Um, we're going to be talking about RPOs and playbooks. We're going to be going in much depth, but yeah, but in terms of the actual play. All the things that you talked about are there um, in terms of the types of RPOs that you you can you know, run. Like if you look at the NFL, the main one that teams run is where we're reading that backside backer and we lock the tackle on um, to that DN, and you know we read that backside B gap player and we can he obviously hesitates. Uh, we're going to hand the ball off if he uh, fits the run. You know we're going to pop that um, what we call peak concept peak pass uh, behind him. So uh, that's probably the more, most prevalent one that you'll see. But we also, too, uh, have the ability to run the triple option version of where you'll be able to read to the end and then, you know, you'll progress to the next read where you'll be able to pass off the um, um, force defender um, to a, either like a bubble screen or a quick screen outside. And then, of course, uh, you know, even under center, you know, the old now screen stuff, you know, where you, if you're like line up in the eye formation straight up, um, power O or outside zone, inside zone, or, or whatever scheme you got going on there, you'd be able to throw the um, smoke screen backside and, you know, really just snap the ball and, you know, icons for the receiver comes up and you throw and the quarterback, just like in real life, you know, uh, he's going to uh, grip it and rip it, you know. So, yeah, uh, we try to uh, uh, make sure that we have all those bases covered in terms of the types of RPOs um, that you'll be able to have access to and uh, go from there. And, uh, yeah, I've actually had a, a couple of my um, colleagues mention, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to call any other play but an RPO. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I, I tell them, oh, yeah, you're probably still going to want to mix in some other stuff because uh, <laughs> even in the NFL, um, you know, they do um, and, you know, mix in other things. And, of course, you know, we've also did a lot of tuning with our defensive AI to make sure that they can react to those plays appropriately. But it's, it's a fun play, and, uh, yeah, I think you guys will really uh, get a kick out of it. Well, I, I cannot wait to see what that looks like. Anthony, really, really appreciate the time. We could go for another yeah. half hour here uh, just talking about gameplay and what it would look like, but really appreciate it here. Uh, thanks for joining us on Chalk Talk here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Sounds great, friend. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Well, that was just awesome stuff for Anthony White. And obviously, look, uh, all you younger fans out there, or if you're an older fan and you have a younger fan in your life, uh, August 2nd is when Madden comes out. And you don't have to wait that long, though, to get something special for uh, the young fan in your life because the Eagles actually have a Junior Pro Day coming up. And Junior Pro Day, really just the ultimate football experience for the young Eagles fan in your life. You go, uh, It's just something you don't really can, can are able to replicate. You, you can run through skills and drills with current players on the team. You can meet Swoop. Enjoy a full day, fun football stuff out in the sun. It's a lot of fun. This year's event is actually going to be held on Saturday, June 1st at the NovaCare Complex right here in South Philadelphia. So all you have to do to get your tickets, visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Day for tickets and just a really, really fun opportunity for uh, kids. I know I've sent my nephews there uh, to this pro Junior Pro Day, and they had a blast. So uh, absolutely something you want to try and take advantage of. All right, again, great stuff from Anthony. And you can follow him just like I do on Twitter at white underscore 73. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where you can follow me and get all the podcasts I'm a part of and all the X's and O's content 
that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. And that is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a comment. And we can get you on the show here. And I want to give a shout-out to Shane B eleven eight, who left a comment and a five star rating on our Apple Podcast page, asking the following question: he said he loved the draft recap with Greg Cosell, and he asked the question, "How do you see Dougie P using the personnel we have on this team?" I get chills thinking about Alshon, Djax, Nelly, Ertz, and Miles Sanders on the field all at once. Not to mention the enormous red zone package of Alshon Jeffrey, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Jordan Howard. Do you think Doug will try to? be even more creative this year now that he has so many interchangeable pieces. Maybe he can try and make Nelson Aguilar into more of that chess piece, chess piece gadget type of guy. So thank you, Shane. Appreciate the question. To me, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I was most excited about coming out of draft weekend and really just this entire offseason in general. When you add the number of weapons that the Eagles did this offseason, you name them all. I mean, you get Deshaun Jackson back in the fold. You bring in Miles Sanders. You bring in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And now you start looking at these different personnel packages and what you can do on offense. Remember, you have five eligible receivers, so you know only five of them can be on the field at once. But you can mix and match and throw in you know, two back sets, two tight end sets, three and four receiver sets, and try and create favorable matchups depending on the week. And ultimately, what you really want to do is then get into, and the Eagles have done this so often in the past, is get into those personnel groupings and then go up-tempo. So force a, t- a defense to say, okay, we're going to put out two tight ends, and you're going to try and, and uh, say, okay, you're, they may run the ball here with Jordan Howard. Well, no, now we have the ability to spread you out and do different things because you have versatility with your running backs, you have versatility with your tight ends, and when those pieces have the ability to do a number of different things like they can, now you can say, okay, we can attack you defensively in so many different ways. So to me, yeah, the versatility of all these players is outstanding, and it gives uh, Doug Peterson and this coaching staff so much flexibility, but now it really takes you to the next level and say, now we can really attack defenses in a multitude of ways. Once we get into hurry up, once we get uh, into up tempo, now we can try and find different ways to attack teams by game plan. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, thanks, Shane, and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, that'll do it. Another great show uh, from uh, Anthony White. Again, just outstanding information uh, on the Madden franchise. Really, really fun conversation with Anthony. Again, you can follow him on Twitter uh, at a underscore white 73. Just a really, really fun guy to follow, especially in the football season. He puts out a lot of great stuff. But thanks to Anthony and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And again, one more time, take a few seconds, go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us that rating, give us that comment. It's the best way to support the show, boost us up in the rankings a little bit so more Eagles fans, more X's and O's fans can find the program and listen to it and help us out a little bit. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.